1: Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan.
2: I want to welcome you to the Monday edition of Lifeline, another Monday edition of Lifeline. The time 5.05 on this new segment. We are at present. Towards the shorter uh, shorter days of the year, it gets darker sooner. It's 5.05 and we are almost dark, certainly <laughs> dusk. And uh, in a minute, it will be dark outside. So, um, you know, winter solstice and um, the longer nights and shorter days are here, which, as we have talked about for so many years now, uh, that can play a role in terms of our optimism or our, you know, skepticism or our pessimism or, you know, a number of uh, different emotional responses to the colder weather and the um. The shorter days and longer nights, and I would uh definitely encourage you to be uh, careful and cognizant of that reality to make sure that you um, offset the impulse to be uh negative or uh, unduly negative, not that negativity is always a bad thing, but certainly make sure that you are. By the grace of God, in control of your life and are aware when you are shifting towards that space of, uh, of, um, you know, cynicism and, and darkness. A lot of people get depressed. A lot of people go into clinical depression this time of the year, not only because of the, uh, the weather and the season, but, you know, so many things are going on. I, I can attest to that myself. Um, the ending of the years for many, many years have been uh challenging for me at the at the psychological level. Not that I'm, you know, out of control or anything, but I'm very much aware of uh, trials and difficulties and challenges and things of that nature occurring in my own life at the micro level. And then, you know, world events, epic events taking place. In our world come the fall, you know, fires and floods and, and all sorts of things, earthquakes and, and, uh, catastrophes around the world, not to mention the difficulties of, of wars and conflicts. All these things take a toll on us. And here we are in the paradoxical reality. Particularly those of us who profess to be believers in Messiah the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua Christus, who is our curiosity, He's our Lord. Um, this is the time of the year that we are prepared to are in, and engaged in celebrating uh, the birth of our Savior, uh, not the birth date, but the fact that there was a day in which he was born. Uh, and And we do it towards the end of the year here in the West, in other parts of the world. they do it at different times, and rightly so, there is no specific definitive date uh, i've been down that wonderful rabbit hole for years and years and years, and have uh joined the band of those who have not been able to be definitively conclusive, even though we can. We can speculate pretty well around the season in which he was, he was most likely born. And it would have been somewhere around either May, April, or somewhere in the August, September, October. Uh, season, but certainly not December. December is just a convenient day. It's okay. It's all good. We celebrate the child, not the day. We celebrate the sun, not gifts and candy. We celebrate the Redeemer of the world, not Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, or any of that if you are somewhat reverential about the season. But here we are again, 50, 509 on this Monday edition of Lifeline, three weeks out from, um, celebration and uh you know again i want to encourage you to um to keep the lights on in your soul if you are such as uh gild your home with lights as do i then gild your home uh make sure your house is lit up to whatever degree you want to do it your car your bedroom i have a daughter who uh basically lights up her bedroom it's, it's cool all of that's all of that's cool the symbolism is important The um, analogy of Christ, the light of the world, is important for all of us, and especially in difficult times. One of the things I said to my community of faith yesterday at uh, Grace Bible Church in Hayward was that, you know, as much as we in the West have lived for prolonged extensive periods under a kind of tenure of peace and blessing, uh, you know, that's not true for a lot of people around the world. Folks are suffering all over the place, all over the world today, not the least of, to be mentioned, the cacophony and chaos and the catastrophe taking place in the Middle East between uh, Israel, and and uh, blessed Palestinian brothers and sisters who are striving to survive. How to unravel that mess would require 10 Solomons, but I must tell you, I am very much enthusiastic about the manner in which certain things are taking place in terms of exposure. We are headed, I believe, towards a man-made Armageddon. As we entered into just recently over the last three or four years into a man-made pandemic with a synthetic virus that made its way up out of uh, a lab in China, Wuhan, China. It did escape and it did create a platform for tyranny and control and domination of, of people groups in different countries around the world. Do not go to sleep on that reality. Do not go to sleep. While you and I are sitting here talking in the comfort of our homes, there are all kinds of heroes, whistleblowers of that pandemic who are fighting the good fight of faith and winning in courts and winning before groups of interested and important people who now, after the fog of that war, are seriously inquiring as to what's going on. And I'll talk about some of that after the break as well. So we had a war front for us in the West and the world uh, as part of an intentional um, implementation of a wholesale biosecurity state system of governance, surveillance, and control with dictatorial policies that transcend nation-state uh, treaties and contracts and constitutions and policies uh, so as to um, once again begin to bring to pass in a much more concrete way an Orwellian world of uh, of, of totalitarian control. We are very much still on that trajectory while we are being distracted By what's happening around the world in Palestine and Israel for for people who are enamored by those things. We we must nevertheless know that they are still working towards the great reset, the uh, transformation of our society. And as you heard before the break. Um The collapse of our uh, fiat economic system and the introduction, implementation and uh, full scale operation of a central banking digital credit system. You no longer need to wonder whether that was a conspiracy. It was not. It is not. And it shall not be if. Um, if providence and the efforts of good men and women who are in positions of power don't prevail in stopping this global um, plan from occurring. If they don't, you and I will be really fit to be tied as to whether or not we actually have sovereignty over our own uh, economic future. And uh, there will be a lot of questions that we'll have to ask, uh, one of which is, were you told beforehand? Did someone actually spend the time to at least do cursory research to let you know that your government has betrayed you for the umpteenth time across all aspects of your freedoms and your autonomy and your agency so that you look up and more and more of what you allegedly possess is now being put into control of uh of, of uh, governing parties here in 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 our nation as well as around the world does someone tell you that you are constantly being pro- uh, propagandized by your legacy media outlet as part of an overall industrial complex for continual deception, controlling, mind manipulation, uh predictive programming, and therefore to destroy any capacity for you to actually respond either um, with an alertness that might get you up off of your fanny and doing something about it, but rather to basically destroy your capacity to overcome cognitive dissonance the uh, impulse for unreeling the real and and basically sticking your head in the sand and hoping that these dystopian uh uh concepts and 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 uh, sort of glimmers of reality emerging out from behind the curtains uh, and giving you sort of a token of their existence are not true you know, a lot of people are hoping that we can wake up tomorrow wake up the next day wake up 6 months from now and be right back on the yellow brick road if you will to wonderland and the reality is that we won't. If you want to listen to me for the next hour and 15 minutes, I'm going to let you know that uh, not only are we still in the stages of a denied pandemic in terms of their overall goal, uh, but we are headed towards a man-made Armageddon. And uh, that, too, is going to plunder our wealth and resources um if if we don't pray and if we don't employ uh proper agency to see to it that it doesn't when i come back i'm going to do a little theology uh, with a little political warfare component to it make some a- application of the old testament scriptures to where we are today and then uh you know we'll do with more news and we'll have conversation the number is one triple eight three six seven five i'd love to hear from some of you who are new as well, if you've been listening and wondering what's going on with this person called PJ talking about these issues the way he does and hardly no one else uh does, then give me a call. I'd love to tell you why. What happened to me 20 years ago when I started in uh, in radio, just inadvertently, and somebody pulled my coat and let me know that everything that you hear from your government cannot possibly be true. The Monday edition of Lifeline, we're going to take a break, pay some bills. I'll be right back
1: and now back to lifeline
2: we are back the time is 521 on the monday edition of lifeline 521 yes um and this is december 4th beautiful time of the year wonderful time of the year um to be just thankful for all that god has given us but sober at the same time whenever i and we're getting ready to do a series in christology headed up towards the birth of Christ, the doctrine of the Incarnation, obviously. And uh, whenever we're dealing with um, Christological studies heading towards the Incarnation, the birth of the Savior, the one thing that we make sure that we do is to faithfully express and explain what the Scriptures are teaching about the context surrounding the birth of our Savior. And boy, if the context, if the of our Lord's birth. If the state and condition and society of Jerusalem and Bethlehem um, is not very much accurate in terms of the general patterns of Israel's behavior throughout history, and particularly now, a state of unrest, a state of tensions, a state of conflicts, a state of adversaries, a state of suffering, um then you're not reading your Bible. And what that means is our Hallmark card sort of scenario of a quiet, peaceful, docile environment uh, of of uh you know joy and happiness at large uh for for uh, for Palestine for Judea for um Bethlehem uh, in the um third century fourth century Let's see, yep. Uh, first century, we would say four, four BC, somewhere between three BC, four BC was, which is when Christ was actually born. When you understand the historical, uh, archives and the uh, historical records, Luke, Luke's gospel lets you know that it's impossible for Christ to have been born in one, uh, AD, um, one anal domino, one year of our Lord. There was no year zero, so he had to be born either um, uh, shortly thereafter or before, and we know he was born before, um 1 uh, AD. He was born somewhere around 654 BC, and I'm thinking 4 BC, which means if he was crucified in AD 33, which the preponderance of evidence would argue for. Even though you have many scholars arguing for 30 AD, 31 AD, 32 AD, the his longstanding historical date of his crucifixion by uh, secular witnesses like Tacitus and, um, and and others, Josephus to some degree, uh, Herodotus, uh, a few others, um, really Locke and, and those who have heard about the witnesses of the apostles and others stating his death would, would put it at AD 33 but folks can argue about that as they do if he was uh crucified outside of Jerusalem on uh Passover uh evening uh April 3rd April 4th 8033 um, then he would have been about thirty-seven years old, not thirty-three. So, you know, we we like to kind of clean up our numbers at 33 years old when he was crucified. Well, that's kind of a rounding off the numbers without actually even giving a cursory investigation as to when was our savior born, how long did he do his ministry, what does the scripture say about that? And they do have some things to say about it, and we've we've addressed that before. So our Lord was very young when he died, but his birth, his, his, his conception, his, his, his time in this world and the womb of his mother, uh, Mary, Mara, um, was one of great tumult, great difficulty, great problems. In fact, the apocalypse, Revelation chapter 12, uh, uh, depicts his mother being is as it were conceived with child. And uh and being encamped compassed about by the great Hydra jag, uh hydra dra- Dragon, uh the seven headed monster uh of Revelation chapter twelve, um, which we know um is a uh sort of symbolic uh eastern symbolism of the uh the countries uh of that time, particularly the Roman Empire, with Herod as one of its, uh, you know, servile uh, kings for for Israel, or Judah rather, um, hating on the Lord Jesus Christ and wanting to kill him as soon as he be born, and he has to flee to Egypt in fulfillment of Scripture as well until uh, Herod the Great was dead, and then when Herod's son is born, Jesus comes back, and he has to do ministry circumventing the curiosity and animosity of of pagan secular kings wanting to take him out. Uh, That's the world our Savior grew up in. And I can tell you some of those same hostile elements against the master exist today in that Palestinian uh, side, and it's not from the Palestinians. If you read your Bible carefully, we are dealing with secular Jews who are much more in in alignment with political agendas and political powers than they are with submitting to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and biblical prophecy gives us insights into the tragic, paradoxical, contradictory nature of a people that were... um, Originally designed to be such as were the, uh, the womb and the, uh, the, the matrix for the coming of Christ, uh, of, of which the Bible said he came unto his own and his own received him not. The world was made by him and the world received him not. That is just the Jewish world, the, um, the world of those who call themselves Abraham's seed, but were nothing but his sperm, not his techna. Or if they were his techno, they would have believed on Jesus as did Abraham. That's what our master said. So you're looking at uh, a biblical narrative and a biblical account of the really backwards, diabolical, scandalous nature of um, secular uh, Israeli people who were really at war with the savior. Um, just, just quite a fascinating, uh, fascinating, uh, view when you look at it the way that it is. And it, and it depicts all of humanity apart from Christ. One of the things that I am I'm, I'm teaching our congregation and has for years around what I have shared with you on this program over the last several weeks concerning the pseudo eschatological um, framework of asserting uh, a, a kind of dispensational uh, premillennial dis, uh, eschatology uh, when you do the research, you, you come to discover that it was a hodgepodge of concepts and a hodgepodge of ideas from some very notorious people in the world and then inserted into the Bible, um, in the, uh, beginning of the 20th century, uh, via one, uh, scandalous, uh, Cyrus Schofield. And you guys have heard of the Schofield Bible and, and, you know, largely do not know the history behind all of the uh, mechanisms that went into not only the preparation of that Bible, but the purpose of that Bible was strictly in order to enjoin uh uh Americans at that time in a commitment to establish a Zionist state in uh in in, in Israel and Palestine. And hence you have what we have had now for over a hundred years. Major conflicts in that place. People need to go back and really do the hard research and you'll come to discover what I mean by not only a pandemic that we had a few years ago, but a man made Armageddon, which is right on our doorsteps, um, um, if these warmongering lovers continue to push the envelope on a kind of uh, what they call manifest destiny for, for Israel. You you really need to do a, a retake on what, what the Bible's teaching in those matters and see what's going on behind the scenes. Daniel 11 verse 14 is a passage that uh, has, has struck me for years as I've worked through these different eschatological frameworks. And of course, Daniel is a fundamental text as well as Zechariah, and as well as Isaiah, but Daniel lays out the four kingdoms, the four uh beasts that gives vision from the days of Daniel, 586, 587 BC, up unto the present time, but largely um uh, codified around the death of Christ and then the destruction of the temple in AD 70. When I come back from the break, I'm going to read to you Daniel 11, 14, and break it down a little bit so we can look at the historical... Prophetic fulfillments, and then see their application as to where you and I are today. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Gisden, Pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Bible studies on Tuesday, 630. You can get us online, grace-bible.com, Bible Bible studies on Friday, 630, about seven o'clock. Great time. We're doing Christology now. If you're not in a really good Bible study, I would encourage you to come join us. We have a great time. You don't have to be committed. Uh, God has one true and living church where those who are really committed to sound doctrine will manifest the fruits of real Christian character. And that's what we're striving to do. The truth alone will set you free. Everything else will bring you into bondage. Got to pay some bills. Then we'll be right back.
1: And now back to Lifeline.
2: Back for the time, 535 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one 3675 329 329 Daniel was told by the angel Gabriel that uh, in the uh, dominion of the second beast kingdom, in Daniel chapter 7, there were four beasts that was revealed to Daniel. The Babylonian kingdom represented by the lion and then the Medo-Persian kingdom represented by the bear and the leopard. And then the Grecian kingdom um, represented by the actually the leopard here. And then fourthly, the um, Roman Empire, which would be um, represented by this monstrosity of a beast that doesn't even take on any kind of zoological analogy. Well, Daniel was told what would be happening from the time that he lived. He did, he served in Babylon from five, about 587, by 589. He was shipped on off to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, him and his three friends. You guys know them. Ananiah, you know, uh, uh Mishael and Azariah. They all served in the Babylonian kingdom. But Daniel lived, outlived uh, Nebuchadnezzar and Belteshazzar, his son. And Daniel was able to serve under D- uh, Darius. Uh, during the reign of Cyrus of the Persians and the medo Persians and Daniel had a vision that was forecast by God all the way up to the coming of christ and uh, and then finally the Roman Empire, that whole era that existed throughout the uh, first century seventy a d um, and and some could surmise that it had application coming all the way down to where we are today i I, I think that 's true. But the angel gave Daniel a word in Daniel chapter 11 verse 14. He says, Now in those days or at that time, there shall many stand up against the king of the south. Now Daniel would have known that the king of the south was referring to Egypt. He would have known that there was a kind of, uh, we might call it a, uh, parental inclination on the part of the Jews. You know this, Isaiah talked about it uh, in Isaiah chapter 30. Israel was always deferring to uh, the Egyptians as a place to hide from persecution from the Assyrians and, and persecutions from other uh, uh, uh pagan nations and hostile nations. They were always de- deferring to, rather than the true and the living God, pagan nations, and Egypt was one. This would be referring to what is called the Uh, king of the south. This was the Ptolemy kingdom uh, at this time. This is about 300 BC in Daniel chapter 11, verse 14. And also the robbers of your people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision. So this here is an interesting insight as to the fact that Daniel's told that his own people, Israel, were called robbers. That's what this text is saying in the second clause. Also, the robbers of your people shall establish themselves, shall at that time uh, exalt themselves, rather, to establish the vision, but they shall fall. This is Daniel chapter 11, verse 14. Now, that's an interesting insight when you understand what's going on here. The uh, the Jewish people are under colonial Dominations, Colonialism is something we really need to be talking about at length because it applies to where we are today, but certainly because of Israel's rebellion against Torah, as God has said in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Leviticus 26, if you disobey me, worship false gods. If you give your children to them and them to you, if you abandon the true and the living God, I will divorce you. That's the language. And God did exactly that and sent them out of his house Deuteronomy 24, because of uncleanness, and he sent them to the, you know, different portions of the world. This is called the Diaspora for Israel in 587 BC. He's already done it for the ten northern tribes. He's doing it now for Judah and Benjamin in 586 BC. They're all scattered now. They are largely in different parts of the known world of that time, Um Scattered abroad throughout Assyria, scattered abroad throughout Turkey, scattered abroad throughout Babylon, scattered abroad, uh, and and some obviously were scattered abroad to Egypt. But that was because Israel had an affinity for, uh, for the secular rulers instead of the true and the living God then, as they do now. Um, And the Christian church does not recognize that. And and God made it very plain that until they acknowledge the crown rights of Jesus Christ, they are yet and still dispersed. And so what do we see here in Daniel chapter uh, 11 is that the robbers of your people, robbers of your people. And that's exactly what Jesus called them in the beginning of his ministry, if you guys recall. One of the first things he did as a sign miracle According to John's gospel, the Johannine uh, epistle, the the Johannine corpus in the gospel of John, the first thing he did was to go into the temple and purge it in fulfillment of Malachi chapter 2, right? When the uh, angel or the messenger of the covenant comes, he will purge the sons of Levi because of their rebellion and disobedience. That's what Jesus did. When he went into the temple, what did he say? You have turned my father's house into a den of thieves and what? Robbers. That's your text, Daniel chapter 11, verse 14. And our master did it at the end of his ministry as well, Matthew chapter 26. He goes back into Jerusalem, and he does the same thing before he leaves. What is he doing symbolically? He's saying that the temple has been scandalized by a leadership that is functioning like thieves and robbers. Rather than trusting the true and the living God, they are functionally dependent upon secular powers. Now, when Jesus came into existence, who was in control? The Roman Empire. It was a colonial system then. Only Israel was a servile state. And it appears that if we look at this passage carefully enough, that frequently throughout the intertestament period, because Daniel's prophecy is an intertestament period prophecy, that's what this is. It's a prophecy between the end of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew. This is about 330 BC, where at that time, Alexander the Great, the uh, Grecian ruler, rises up and subdues the Medo-Persian kingdom, and at that time, Alexander is... Is fighting. He's the king of the north, fighting against the king of the south, the uh, Tolemic kingdom of um, of Egypt, and uh, and he ultimately subdues it. Alexander the Great. You know, he Hellenized that whole region at that time, and uh, but he broke up into four kingdoms. As Daniel chapter 8 says, the great horn of the heat goat broke up around verse 11 of chapter 8 and became four great horns, and out of it came Antiochus Epiphanes. You guys know the history. You should if you don't. And Antiochus Epiphanes was a foreshadow of the Antichrist because he went in and utterly desecrated the temple and uh, offered uh, pagan sacrifices, uh, swine flesh and and subdued, if you will, the emblems of uh, Yahweh, Jehovah, and uh, erected a god to Zeus. This is something that was emblematically done in AD 70 when when the Lord Jesus had told the disciples, quit looking at that physical temple. That physical temple is not the place that God dwells in. And yet people today are completely enamored by it. Now, if I had time, I'd tell you why. And this has everything to do with the diabolical John Darby and the scandalous Cyrus Scofield. It has everything to do with that. And it has everything to do with this verse where it says, and your people will exalt themselves. The robbers of your people will exalt themselves. These These are the same kind of people that were engaged in the crucifixion of Christ. They were the robbers of God's people. They stole God's glory. They were operating out of that satanic spirit. That's what Jesus said. You guys remember? He's talking to the Pharisees in John 8, and he says, you are of your father, the devil, and the works of your father you will do. He was a thief and a murderer. He came not to do anything but to still kill And to destroy, and that tension between the son of the living God and the rulers of the church in the first century is what we call the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is nothing other than the gospel versus religion. The gospel versus religion. And today we're still dealing with that, only as you and I are hearing people, you know, talking about the man-made Armageddon that's coming into play here in a moment. Jesus is not at the center of it. This is an ethnocentric framework, construct system that was carefully devised by Diabolical John Nelson Darby and scandalous Cyrus Schofield around the end, uh, beginning of the 20th century. And, and we we know this. You can do the research. And now, you know, America has been seeded with an eschatology that basically uh, produced a, a neo colonial framework for, for Israel called Zionism. This is not a, a pejorative. This is a fact. This is a historical reality. And you need to get with it. Because what's happening today, you guys, is that young people all over the world are not as naive and duped as their parents were around a kind of nationalism that allowed you to be blinded by propaganda and uh, a distortion of historical realities. Now, when I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and try to help you see what Solomon, the son of David, said, there's nothing new under the sun, that which has been is, and that which is has already been, so that we are seeing a recapitulation of history at the prophetic level and its application. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back.
1: To join the conversation, call 888-4-K-F-A-X. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline.
2: We are back at the time, 5.50. We've got one more sort of 10-minute segment before we go into the next hour. Of course, in the next hour, I'll take your phone calls on anything that we're talking about, one 888 one To close out on uh, just a cursory look at Daniel 1114, <clears throat> as I may application to where uh, our master was in the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and to where we are today, the prophecy was that also the robbers of your people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, but they shall fall. So Daniel was told that uh, the same kind of incorrigible, obstinate, uh, rebellious attitude that the rulers Uh, of his own family, um, the, you know, the Judite kings, uh, the Davidic kingdom, they ultimately collapsed and capitulated to levels of secularism and idolatry as well. You guys know that when you go through the kings and the chronicles, but the 10 northern tribes collapsed immediately after they were divided among themselves uh um you know, in the days of king Solomon, nine sixty seven b c uh they just went a whoring right away under Reh- rehoboam or jeroboam uh if you will and and uh always were into syncretism, always were into astrology, always were into witchcraft, always into pagan astronomy and things of that nature, even up to this present hour. So this is why your Bible is so clear on these things. Now, uh, you know, America is no better. It's a pagan nation with the same kind of, uh, multi-eclectic, uh, sort of new age uh, uh, propensities and bench toward the mystic, the mysticism and, and mystic elements of uh of uh, of world views. Uh, let me put it that way. Our government is operating out of worldviews that are massively pagan, hyper secular, and certainly rooted in a kind of man-centered technologically driven, uh, arrogance of uh, you know, Prometheus type of dominion because of technology. And and that certainly is indicated when we read through Daniel chapters seven through eleven as well. The uh the God of war. That's what Daniel says. And they shall take up a new God, the God of war. And this is where we have been since the um the founding of the americas we seem to think that conquest of nations and conquest of peoples and colonializing nations and colonializing peoples including our own country is like you know god's blessing to us no god is sovereign he allows these things to occur he actually declares that they will occur and he manipulates he raises up sets down kings there's no doubt about it But every single one of us will give an account before God because of our rebellion, disobedience, and idol worship. That's the way that the apocalypse lays it out. And they repented not for their rebellion and their transgressions and their idolatry and their fornications and their witchcraft and their sorceries, which we see happening uh, in a full-fledged way today because because of technology. Now, before the break, I told you, younger people are getting it they're not buying into this fabricated construct of an uh sort of a neo uh media uh, blitz that is focusing on the middle east they're not buying it uh, my generation would have bought it because God saved me in the generation when everybody was, you know, caught up in the Left Behind series and the Hal Lindsey, you know, late great planet in 1984 and, and all of that kind of stuff. I, my generation were people that were completely wrapped in the flag of America can never do any wrong and that our job is to liberate all the nations from paganism and totalitarianism. And you and I are coming to understand that your government lied to you. They are too robbers of the people and thieves and we are recognizing that because we have been delivered from our legacy media outlets we've been freed, we have been able to do our own research, we've been able to use legitimate whistleblowers and legitimate journalists and legitimate lovers of humanity who have been on the scene, who have done the investigation and even yours truly is just kind of sharing with you just the tip of the iceberg of those kind of perspectives and insights and you may be a little disheveled by what I'm saying but you know that I haven't been on the air this long sharing with you differences of opinions just to you know create accolades for myself I am not someone that's in love with wealth money fame fortune or prominence I'm just glad to be like John the Baptist a voice crying in the wilderness and I do know that the Bible says my sheep hear my voice people can hear Christ They can hear the true shepherd in the teaching because it's not saying the same thing that the majority is saying. And this is so true in our government as well so true in our government as well. It's so clear that we have a uniparty governing our uh, nation and their interest is global and it's not local and they would lie to you and perform and put on uh, academy award winning type of presentations in this managed conflict narrative of left right argumentation while at the same time taking money from special interest groups at the at the sort of, uh, we call it filter the rich scandalous levels and so nothing of any legitimate lasting policies take place in our country and here we are trillions of dollars in debt and why because of what eisenhower said the military industrial the media industrial the academic industrial the medical industrial um, complex all working together to massively propagandize you know if you listen to what's going on in, in israel the conflict between israel and the palestinians and it's really just israel you know slaughtering people you don't see an army in palestine fighting against an army in israel you see hamas but in reality if you do the research the conflicts have been such that the Israelis teach their own children to hate the Palestinians. It's in their books. It's in their material. It's in their propaganda. And, and they sing songs of the destruction of those people when they are actually brethren. I've sent material out to teach you that, that if when you go through the ge- genealogical and genetic research, uh, in many cases, the Palestinians have more right to the land than those uh those that are Presently Israelites in the in the Knesset and in the government that people already know that. In fact, they know that when you do the research, they know that the Palestinians are more Jewish. Um, or more Hebraic than, than even many of them. Um, and so you've got this kind of colonialism going on, this domination, this apartheid, this multi-tiered system. But you would know it because all you do is listen to what's being told you by your mainstream media. You don't do the research on the ground, and you don't talk to people on the other side. You'll notice your media does not give you conversations from the people on the ground in Gaza. To date, sixty five of their um journalists have been killed in this slaughter in what they call ethnic cleansing. Sixty five of the journalists. Why now why kill journalists? <clears throat> I mean, you know, we didn't we didn't chase uh, Snowden out of here. Um and, and we want to, you know, silence uh, Assange too. Why? And you people want to say because they betrayed us. What do you mean by simply telling you what's going on so the American people can hold our government accountable? See? And when you have the kind of conversation I'm having with you now, this is called grown folk conversation. We don't really want to have that because at the end of the day, we can be upset and and pissed off with our government and, and complain about them. And But we're free people. And we're constitutionally driven people. And what that means is we're actually obligated to exercise levels of agency to do the hard work of of the integrity of searching things out and knowing for ourselves whether or not we've been lied to. Whether or not uh Proverbs 18, 17 is right. Um, you know, are you are you hearing the whole matter out? Are you searching it out? Do you do you know the facts or do you want to be lied to? <clears throat> you know, this this becomes the problem because at the end of the day, the reason why the Uniparty in Washington does what it does is because, as I told you before, it knows that you don't care. You don't care. You just you just la 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 la. You know, we're making our money. We're enjoying our life People are being destroyed all around the world by um, the bombs that we pay for with our tax dollars. Now, you know, that's the truth. You really do. And, uh, you know, we've gotten our our our. Um, our proverbial uh, moral and ethical tail whipped over the last forty or fifty years because of our colonial history. We're not done yet. It's going to continue because, you know, like truth, it's going to come up out of the cracks at some point. Even concrete can't hold down the roots of uh, of trees forever and we're going to have to deal with the fact that we have uh we have engaged in massive lies in terms of harming people. You just you can't you can't wipe people out. You're not going to what they're not going to wipe Hamas out not by killing them. You're not going to wipe people out that way. It's just not going to happen that way. Um unless we're going to drop nuclear bombs and and I can tell you that's kind of what they want to do. Do the research. Uh you know, warmongering eschatology uh, is not what the church of the living God is called to Jesus said if you live by the sword you're going to die by it alright when I come back from the other side of the break we'll have conversations one 329 we'll be right back
1: to join the conversation, call 888-4-K-F-A-X. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline.
2: All right, we are back. The time is 6.04 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And we do have two lines open, one 1888 Two lines are open, One triple eight. Um 3675329 if you want to join the conversation let's get at it let's go to line number one talk with Jermaine Jermaine how are you my friend Jermaine on line number one did you go get some coffee yes I'm here <laughs> how you doing man I'm doing very well tonight okay good All right, we, we're sounding like we're breaking up where you at
3: okay yeah I'm i uh stationary so Okay. Uh, there we my go. Life sounds pretty good. 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 What, yeah. what, what's what's going on? What's your thoughts? Well, you know, um, my my thoughts are definitely more enlightened. I, I actually I have five more minutes to go. Finish all those resources you had available and um uh, okay. the education to yeah. learn, to see kind of different sides, different aspects of of the conflict, and getting a side that you wouldn't get from your normal media. Um, for me, my thoughts is I see a lot of things that kind of are self-perpetuating. Mm-hmm. I see things that are going on in the world that were going on, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. And the issue I have is I I get this feeling that some people, at least people I know, they take a really hard, I guess you would say a dispensational type theology where you can't say anything negative about Israel Right, and just call out things that are obvious wrongs. And when I finished with all those materials, especially hearing from the uh, Israeli soldiers themselves, what was actually going on? Much like some of our own Vietnam soldiers, and anyone who knows anyone who's been to war, I see the same things that have been going on for thousands of years. And you know, I always have a question: like, if it's all about conflict and and uh, war, why why do you see things like rape, murder, depravity? You know, theft, just all kinds of other criminal activity. The only thing I can come to the conclusion of is we we really need to preach Jesus to those people, all of them. It's not just a matter of anyone being chosen or sanctified or, you know, just because they read something thousands of years ago in the Old Testament. It's like without Christ, there's no hope. That's the only. Thing I was able to come you know away with because there's no,
4: mm-hmm.
3: there's no rhyme or reason for a lot of what we're seeing other than just pure evil. I not agree. It's not just one side.
2: No, I, I agree. Definitely, obviously, if we really were to um, drill down into and anchor our thoughts into the sufficiency, the fullness, the relevance of the person and work of Christ, which we call the gospel, Jermaine, you know that that would actually be the solution uh, to the problem. And so long as Christ is not properly presented, not truly set forth, not relevantly needed, humanity will always choose other gods, false gods, self-god, the god of money, the god of power, and ultimately at nation state levels the god of war that's what my whole discourse out of daniel 1114 was about what our uh western society has been engaged in now for several hundreds of years is the uh, uh idolatry of the god of war as a conquering mechanism a conquering motif under a pseudo self righteous agenda that often uh uses the name of god the name of jesus for the uh christian it is a christian zionism it is a uh, a system of governance and and domination and colonialism that belies the equity and the um the, the principles of scripture in relationship to what constitutes the Imago day and what constitutes the will of God in terms of uh, a biblical mandate to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And when you do that, love works no ill to its neighbor. But what we have seen happening for decades upon decades and millennium now uh, is, is is the red horse of war and the black horse of famine. Uh, the speckled horse of famine, the gray horse of famine, and then the black horse of death. Uh, we've seen the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as our master said, riding throughout the annals of history, war will continue to the end of time as well. We know that, but God, he does not call his people to engage in a political, social, territorial war. Our warfare is spiritual. It is not carnal. It is mighty to, through God. And it has as its weapons of war the gospel, the message of redemption, and the gifts of the spirit when properly employed, which means we have to give up as the body of Christ the notion that we get to dominate territories and dominate people groups and control people's lives and punish them. This is the thing that keeps the Catholic Church silent now, the Orthodox Church silent as well, and many of the historic uh, Protestant churches that engaged in the same thing, whether it was in the Reformation, uh, you know, the Protestant churches beating down and killing uh, our Baptist brethren, uh, and, and and so forth and so on, in the name of you know territorial dominion under the rubric of heresy and false teaching. All of that was wrong; it still is today. Um, when America came into its own and thought that. Manifest Destiny means that its job is to go around the world and democratize people. That was a front for plundering lands, taking oil, controlling uh, politics, and we've been under the perpetual deception of the false narrative, the you know media uh, industrial complex for the longest time. As you as you say, but after a while, the gig you know the gig is up. People people figure out what's going on, and and Israel right now. Uh, what people are watching if they don't know is the last colonial stand. The last colonial stand. And if they had their way, they wouldn't have the world watching. This is why they were killing so many of those, those journalists that were trying to, you know, tell what was going on on the ground. Cause you, you, you can't have a conflict where, you know, some adversary kills uh, you know, 1500 of your people and you go in and kill 20,000. There is nothing remotely just about that. No society putting its eyes on those kinds of things would ever advocate that. So their goal was to do what our country does. We embed our media in the different uh, campaigns and theaters of war that we are engaged in, and our media is giving the construct by our military what to say to the American people. That is a curated narrative. That's a false narrative. It's not truth at all. They know that. This is the kind of material I'm sending to you guys, and, and so because of the freedom of alternative media, um, you, you know, America, uh, Israel, uh, Europe, uh, France, Canada—they—they—they uh, they, they didn't succeed during COVID. They're not going to succeed now. This is why people are in the street because we got our own cell phones, we got our own cameras, and you got your whistleblowers. Like you said, the military men coming up and women coming up out of uh, out of the uh, IDF are um, telling it like it is. And, uh, and but you won't ever hear that on your mainstream media because it would change opinions, which is happening anyway. For me, the sad thing, and I agree with you, is the utter ignorance or willing ignorance of professing Christians to pretend they know what's going on over there in Israel. Uh, and, 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 and because they have a curated Bible that has packaged their eschatological framework. They can't do anything but parrot what, what, uh, they're being told by your major, uh, ministry leaders who have been taught these things in seminary and don't want to see the truth as it is in Jesus so that people can be truly, truly liberated. Like you said, you know, we want, we want Jewish people saved as much as we want Palestinian people saved and Israelites and all of that. But that has to be done in the context of telling the truth. Uh, and if we can't get at the truth as a society, we're all uh, we're all going to be slaves. Listen, my brother, thank you for your call and your observation. Continue pursuing it. Continue pursuing it. I'm going to take a break, pay some bills. I got two lines open. If you guys want to have this conversation, be glad to hear from you. If you want to debate me or discuss or share your opinion about what's going on over there or going on over here, love to hear you. one 367 5329 one we will be right back.
1: To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline.
2: Yes, we are. 620 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I've got three lines open. One, triple eight, three, six, seven five three two nine. Three lines open. If you want to chat with me, talk, investigate. If you want to bring up something that you think uh, is worthy of, of the conversation in our larger circle, remember, we're exercising our constitutional rights for now, because I can tell you, Is As far as I see, we are on a kind of precipice. Um, If the government has its way in its writing policy as we speak to shut down all adversarial speech, all contrarian speech, all outside of the mainstream narrative speech, um, you know, you, you won't have the privilege of being irked by me uh much longer because they will they will completely quell people like myself and others who are uh challenging um uh the mainstream narrative and you'll just have to live with the curated uh neo news that tells you how to think feel and act uh and 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 ultimately that kind of again dystopian uh overreach actually shut you down in your own mind because it's rooted in fear of consequences for telling the truth like telling the truth requires a level of grace that uh, is willing to trust God for whatever the outcome is this is why I really do honor those 64 65 journalists who have been killed in just what it's about 60 days maybe 55 days since October seventh. a little bit more yeah around that much That many people killed. Why are they doing that? What are they trying to hide? And you don't even know that that happened because you're not doing the research. And you maybe don't even care. But that was somebody's child. That reporter was somebody's son or daughter. And they certainly were. And there were Americans as well. And so, you know. Uh, Whenever we set up a construct rooted in lies, then we need a security system to perpetuate that lie, even if the desperation is the result of killing people. And essentially, censorship is like killing. This is why I've told you before. They tried to shut Jesus down. He told them, be quiet. And Jesus says, if I don't if these don't speak up, the stones will cry out and tell the truth. And, and you know, that that's so true. Um, but, you know, wh- what will have been the loss of a society that has allowed its government to punish it? I, uh, Elon Musk just uh blurted out a couple weeks ago uh some of the uh, obvious hypocrisy of 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 the uh israeli state now for those of you who are new please understand me on this program who understand zionism make a radical distinction between our dear jewish brothers who are common people on the ground and Zionism, the folks running that thing over there like we make a clear difference between the common American citizens and those crazy folk up there in the uniparty system of the left-right narrative in Washington, D.C. So we are not practicing some kind of cold-hearted antisemitism. I'll debate you on that tooth the nail, we understand lots of good Jewish brothers and sisters who get it, particularly uh, Jewish brothers and sisters who are um, pro-Christian and understand liberty and truth and freedom and a right to uh, free speech. They're they're doing they're battling that in in Israel themselves on the ground, and and many of them are suffering as a consequence of it. If you do the investigation, there is definitely an apartheid, multi-tiered system of oppression and persecution happening in Israel for people who are trying. Trying to stand up and tell the truth, and our media won't let you see that at all. At all. So, these kind of conversations have to be had while we can because when they can't, then, uh, then, then, and and I am very much concerned that in a year from now, if things work out, that will happen. And you know what they did with Elon, you guys? Uh, Netanyahu, uh, you know, invited him to Israel and he walked Elon all around. The areas of the West Bank and the places where Hamas had did that atrocious, uh, harmful attack on on the people of Israel, and uh, but he didn't show he didn't show Elon Gaza, he didn't show Elon the other areas in which the um, the Israelites are doing atrocities, and then they had a long conversation on X. You can go listen to it as Elon was gradually brought into. Uh, philosophical and ideological control of uh, of Netanyahu. It was a masterful manifestation of taking somebody that is skeptical, critical, cynical, and wanting to see the truth, and controlling them, controlling them. And this is what is what's going on. As it was with the pandemic, you know, the pandemic was controlling people. Trump was controlled. Fauci was a controller. A lot of the people were controlled. CDC was controlled. FDA was controlled. You know that. They were controlled. And this is how totalitarianism works. You control people. The folks in Washington are controlled. They tried to control Jesus. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. They tried to control the apostles. Remember Acts chapter 4, quit preaching in that name. You see the devil has the same tactics. He, He uses nothing but, again, fear he uses nothing but domination. He uses nothing but threats. He likes to bind you and cast you into prison too. And, uh, you need the angel of the Lord to come deliver you out of it so the angel of the Lord can dispatch you right back to your work so you can go back to telling people the truth, the, uh, <laughs> like, uh, one uh, president, vice president, uh, Al Gore, said the unvarnished truth, uh, uh, another propaganda on uh, global warming, you know, which they have changed now. But see, all of these are narratives that have been thrown at us for a long time because of the father of lies. I wonder if we want to have the conversation. Let me go to line number two and, t- and just start with a conversation with Brother James on line two. James, are you there? Yeah. James on line two. Are you there, James. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, how you doing, man? All
4: right, am I breaking up? Am I coming through okay?
2: No, you're coming through real good. I, you know, Something probably going on on the back end over here with my controller. Going on. What's going on with you?
4: Well, I, like Jermaine, made it through all the good information uh, 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 that you sent out. Like I said, I have a personal one I emailed you about regarding MTG, but that's my own issue. I want to yeah. uh, move towards uh the fact, and I mean, obviously, the confidence all of us have that are believers is that our God doesn't uh, lie, change, or fail. I mean, right. He's not going to fail, you know. And, I, and this might sound kind of crazy, but I stay in the moment because the only one in tomorrow, next week, and next year is the Lord Jesus Christ, and I right. that He's the only one. He's the only one that's going to know the outcome. So I just try to stay right there and not try to get too far ahead of myself, still try to keep myself equipped, you know, Mm -hmm. and prepared, Mm -hmm. just like with all the information that that, that you sent out, which uh, leads me to uh, to continue to say is that because of the Lord Jesus Christ, he wasn't received by the powers that be or the oligarchs or the Pharisees then, the same is for us today, I mean, with the truth, and people who think they have the truth, and that's what I was going to ask. Is that I want your input on? Is that uh, the Darby, Schofield? How much influence uh, do you say they have on uh, uh, the modern Bible uh, colleges and seminaries? Because Vody brought it up in his book about how CRT and intersectionality had, had made it into, you know, had infiltrated the more conservative. Say uh, seminaries and Bible colleges. I was going to say, what say you regarding uh, the, the Zionist approach that actually to me came in through, uh, you know, Schofield? So, what impact is it having in the, the seminaries and, and the Bible colleges where a lot of the teachers? Come from, and if that's the case, then like you, I mean, and you and you alluded to it in the last segment, is that I guess it is coming from, uh, uh, from that uh, from from that point of view, and they're only parroting what they know. So that just reminds me that we have to, if we're going to follow Jesus, I think. Mean, Well, a lot of what Jesus did was definitely prescriptive, descriptive, but prescriptive. And when we come in and sit with the people around us, we have to be willing to have that courageous discourse in that conversation, even with people that are in what I call the religious industrial complex, because that's what it is. That's one way why, how so much money goes back to Israel is because of what some of these Zionist pastors
2: are teaching.
4: You know, and so... It's time for us. I mean, you're doing your job. You know, you're you're waking us up. You're equipping us. I think it's up to us as foot soldiers to absorb and take in what's being taught by the likes of you and others, and sit with the people that we know and try to break through this. And like, look, you're going to church. I'm going to church. And just like you said, that dialectical process. You know, we got two competing world, competing world views or ideologies. We have to be able to sit down with these people you know you know with love and grace yeah. You possible, that
2: makes sense. Yeah. I, not- no, you know, it's perfect. You, you both, you and Jermaine, laid out some really good arguments. Jermaine actually summed up through those that litany of presentations I gave you a, an understanding of the fact that um, this is where we are. What you have done is advanced the conversation. So now, then, what do we do? You've asked me something about, <clears throat> you know, how in this is in our in our churches and in our seminaries and uh you know, how do we process this in relationship to Assessing uh, its impact, and then you know making mention of one one of uh, one of our um, proteges, and that is Vodi Bakum. I would also bring James White into that. Most people don't know him. He's a serious, silent soldier as well at the apologetics level. He understands these things very clear. He was vividly clear when the COVID scam came out. He had to challenge John Piper on his deceptive notions of the COVID thing, and so James White has been clear. Uh, what I've discussed is that truth i'm going to take a break when i come back i'm going to actually take your question so i wanted you to stay online and we're going to actually work that through and fill it out just a little bit more very very good question very good observations on the part of youtube man. we'll take a break and we'll be right back
1: to join the conversation call 888-4-K-F-A-X that's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X and now back to lifeline
2: we're back. The time is 636 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. A number, and James is online, number two, talking with me. And I do have two lines open if you guys want to join the conversation. one 367 i am going to say a number of things, uh, James, in relationship to your question. And then when you come back in, we can, we can explore that a little bit more here are seven or eight propositions. I'm going to lay out for everyone who wants to hear them. First of all, wars are always financed. Wars are always financed. They are the consequence of conflicts that often are rooted in lies. And as Jesus says, who goes to war without first counting the cost. Wars are always finance. They are a, uh, a the tail chasing the dog and the dog chasing the tail, circular reasoning arguments for confiscating the wealth from the common people. This is why we're broke as a dog. We spend most of our money on um, a defense industry the uh, that Eisenhower talked about, the military industrial complex, and therefore we are complicit with the wars. Secondly, wars are always propaganda pieces. Wars are always constructed and promoted by by lies. Our government has been impeccable at producing movies that are propagandized pieces for um stirring and stoking the fires of americans to be patriotic when it comes time to wanting to go over into somebody else's land and pillage it destroy it devastate it in the name of democracy or in the name of uh justice i i don't know a just war that we have ever fought quite frankly we still have to really evaluate that even the war of delivering uh, the Jews out of Germany. There are so many controversial factors going into that when it comes to the banking industry, when it comes to the power dynamics of uh, of uh, the Council for Foreign Relations, the Club of Rome, when it comes to uh, the newer NATO alliances and the United Nations and all of the power dynamics that go into that uh, and all of the major uh nations know that war is a money game as well, and they're in on it. That's the way that it goes. That is your um four horsemen of the apocalypse. Thirdly, war uh defrauds societies it destroys and and uh pillages um people's lifestyles when we leave a country. We're just like the minor prophet says, we're like a bunch of locusts. We go in, we devastate the land, and it's barren when we're done if we don't take it over and colonize it. This is true all the way up through the um, Vietnam War, you know, the present. And and, and you want to hurry up and use propaganda to clo- uh, cover up the history because if you don't cover up the history and we get to go back to the archives and begin to look at the pictures and the atrocities, Our conscience is going to suffer the same kind of guilt and depression and uh, and 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 post-traumatic stress that our military men and women are going through. And and you ask the Israeli soldiers, male and female, what they are experiencing as a consequence of even this uh, atrocity uh, perpetrated upon the uh, Palestinians. Moreover, referring to the church, the church has always succumbed to the false god of war. The church has always succumbed to the false god of war. We have no king but Caesar. That's why they chose Caesar over Jesus. The Hasmonean uh, 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 kingdom uh, in the Intertestament period that took hold and the con- completely seized. The priesthood were a bunch of wicked uh, priests that had to be um, you know, challenged by the Maccabeans uh, because of their capitulation to uh, authorities like Antiochus Epiphanes and, and uh, Alexander the Great. Uh, nothing new there, and Revelation makes it clear. The Apocalypse makes it clear. Whenever politics and religion comes together, religion is an apostate whore doing whatever it needs to facilitate facilitate the uh, dominion agenda of uh, politics, and it gets rewarded handsomely. Hence, definitely our denominations over the last 150 years have been absolutely infiltrated by political alliances, political agendas, political propaganda. And certainly, as I already stated to you over and over again, this premillennial dispensational eschatology is nothing but a um a zionist trope both on the christian side and on the uh jewish side for the purpose of colonial advancement (laughs) of political power and dominion around the world this is nothing new that's what was going on in the first century and the Jewish people thought the Jewish leaders at least thought hey we're going to ride with the romans and jesus told you they're going to turn around and come and destroy you as deuteronomy deuteronomy put it as ezekiel 20 put it as other prophetic passages put it and this is why the orthodox jewish brothers are saying the same thing is going to happen here because they know you can't you can't take the kingdom of god by military force and think that somehow you're honoring god and quite frankly, our country is, um, in, in very much danger here too, uh, of this this two tiered, uh, you know, a whole a whole uh, Ezekiel sixteen through twenty uh, again neo allegiance between Jerusalem and Judah represented by America and and uh, and Israel and thinking that they can force their way, control their way uh, into the oil wells uh, through the Suez Canal up into the Palestinian area. That's that's what this is all about. They They've lied about what happened in Ukraine. Everybody knows that that's doing just even a little bit of research. And uh, I sent you guys something over by... by Marjorie Green Taylor. She figured this out when she came into Congress that the Republicans are a bunch of scammers. They are part of the uni, uniparty as well. They are warmongers in the name of religion. They, they put on a good show about wanting to take care of the borders and take care of the American people and lower taxes and lower, you know, costs here and there. And yet look at what they did by getting rid of the McCarthy and they got a, a absolute rhino in there now who is engaging in all of the Biden policies. See, we thought this was going to be a good move on their part. It was not. And so again, to just say one little more one more caveat about the evangelical church, it has been infiltrated over 150 years ago by Marxism told you that. This is why when the uh, allegations of uh, America being a racist country through the wokeism doctrine uh, began to permeate the uh, academia and be filtered down to the um, uh, regular school systems and into the businesses, the church collapsed all over America under that that argument because the church is guilty of facilitating and acquiescing to slavery here in America. See, you can't take up the scepter of politics and have the protection of God's grace. And this is why almost all of our white churches basically yielded to this whole Black Lives Matter workism ideology because it did not know how to parse the heretical doctrine of Marxism from the historical atrocities that it committed. We watched our boy. Um, uh, he, he'll come up here in a moment that, you know, was head of the, uh, Baptist, uh, seminary, Baptist Union. Um, I'll, I'll get his name in a minute after, and I, I listened to him quite frequently, but he collapsed too. A lot of them collapsed because they knew the history was a history of compromise uh a racist compromise a a form of uh, Jim Crow even in our churches so our churches don't have the shield of Christ it doesn't have the uh, insignia of god's grace it doesn't have the legacy of being honest and true and uh and equitable in the real sense of recognizing the imago day across the board it has been uh it has been also apartheid in its policies it has been racist and discriminatory in its policies so so it doesn't have power to stand on the truth. And there is a major categorical distinction between your evangelical churches and your historic reform churches who are conservative nature. This is why you brought up Vody, and I brought up James White. And after the break, I'll talk a little bit more about that so that we can kind of know really where we are today. And the reason why you won't have conversations on either side of that aisle is the same reason you won't have conversations on either side of the aisle anywhere where we got to talk about the truth. So Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Gostein. Got to pay some more bills and I'll be right back.
1: And now back to Lifeline.
2: All right, let me make one final observation and then I'll chat with my friend James before we close out Hamas, which is different from Palestinian people. Uh, and you need to make that distinction, too, as you would from your own government. Um, you wouldn't want to be beat down for your government and, and, and harmed because your government's foolish decisions. Hamas, Hamas, on October 7th, engaged in a suicide mission for the very purpose of exposing the atrocities of of uh, the state of Israel against the Palestinian people. This has become so clear. Um, the, the Palestinian people have been able to be successfully controlled by Israel in a way that is unconscionable, according to the United Nations uh, policies and charter. But nobody in the West knew anything about that, and they had to pay for it. Uh, Hamas has to pay for it, and they are. Uh, but the outcome has been outrage on the part of uh the world and even the United Nations and certainly the East, because Africa has backed away from Israel. Uh, uh, China has backed away Russia has backed away and and several of the uh, 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 Arabic countries are taking positions as well backing away from Israel because they realize now they cannot sit by and watch this happen to um to human beings at the level that it's happening Israel thought it could get away with being the last apartheid colonial state to commit these kind of atrocities but because again social media Um, uh, exposing it for what it is even Biden can't hide it anymore. He went over there to try to manage this thing and realize that it's out of control. So he got some ships over there and they're ready to go to war Um, and this is the precipice upon which I say that we are on right now. Um, If Israel were to be humane and do the right thing and quit, quit lying about the Palestinian people being some monstrous Amalekite people that need to be destroyed. That is nothing but a code word from the text of Scripture to completely annihilate a people. Have the conversation about what really is the truth, both historically and genetically and biologically about their right to be in the land if jews have a right to that land you will discover that many of those palestinians have the same uh, ethnic connection to abraham as do the the um the uh ashkenazi jews that are there right now a lot of that is clear even by the zionists we're just ignorant of it right now and i can tell you you know um the fact that everybody's talking about it at the level that we're talking about it now becomes a grabbing of the proverbial sweater of the the um, cacophony of propagandized lies, propagandized lies that have been going on for over 100 years by the West here concerning manifest destiny and colonialism. The The sweater is unraveling. <clears throat> New positions are taking place. Now, we can resolve this as wise men willing to put an end to the you know, hegemonic control of, of America around the world because the UN was nothing but a lapdog. but they can't any longer anymore now just sit there and be quiet. So they're speaking up and people are leaving uh, NATO and people are leaving the UN because they, they just can't sit and watch these atrocities anymore. What does that mean? They're becoming human. To, you know, the way the way you continue to destroy people is to make sure you control the media. That's what's been going. That was what was what was going on in Europe with uh, with Russia and uh, and Stalin and Lenin. And that's what was going on in America. We bought and paid for that whole tactic once we won World War II, fundamentally speaking, and Russia paid the uh, you know, they they, they paid the lion's share of that in millions of their own people dying for this this new this new paradigm. But things are shifting, and the American people really need to know that we could have an extremely difficult time over the next year or two because of the lies. Because of the lies. Um, and, and we are slated to be given up to this global agenda of which your president is part of the World Economic Forum in that crazy nutcase called, you know, uh, uh, Schwab, who, uh, wants to envision a world where we all eat, you know, um, uh, synthetically modified uh, vegetables uh, instead of real organic food, and and are controlled by a fifteen minute, you know, smart city in total surveillance. Which, by the way, Israel is perfect at. They, their their surveillance system is par excellence, none like it. And so they have been surveilling the Palestinians like a prison camp for for decades upon decades, including their own people. This is why you had, you know, these these nutcases talking about, you know, it's going to happen. We're going to enter into the artificial intelligence world of transhumanism here in a moment. That's the battle that we are fighting. There's no doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go to sleep, we are fighting the battle of the end of of mankind as we know it. This is an assault by the wicked one against the true and the living God, the God who created the organic physical world that we live in, and the pseudo god Satan. Hasatan and his artificial intelligence uh, system of an antichrist governance and control of the world, genetically modifying human beings, which he started three years ago. Genetically modifying to control, to kill, to bring down to numbers that are manageable and dominate the whole world. Read your Bible. It's very clear. Revelation 12 and and 13, lay it out. Whosoever does not receive the mark or the number or or the name uh, and and succumb to the slavery system uh, of of, of that, which he says, will not be able to buy or sell. This is where we're moving. There's no doubt about it unless our God intervenes. I do not mind telling you the truth. I do not mind warning you to get on your knees, ask God to clear the lens of your propagandized eschatological framework and start looking at it afresh and see what's going on. Maybe God would intervene here in America if we would repent and start reevaluating our policies, reevaluating our truth claims, reevaluating our position as the church prophetically in the world and in Congress and be properly priest. A holy priesthood interceding for desperately needed needy sinners, and I'm talking about across the total spectrum of of life's uh, existence and affordances in terms of, uh, of of what constitutes what it means to be a human being, prospering from the womb to the tomb. Our educational uh, system, our academic system, our and uh, our uh, economic systems, our worldviews, our relationships. All of that needs to be reevaluated on a serious level because we are on the brink of losing it all if we uh, are blinded to the notion of America can always solve these problems when we have so openly and evidently rejected God from the equation. Of course, Israel has done the same thing. And the Bible is clear as I close, the nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. All right. Until next time, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, the Lord lift up his confidence upon you, the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his, his full blessing in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who is the Prince of Peace and the only hope for humanity over against weapons of war.